Welcome to A Tribe Called Yes, the podcast that brings you closer to the world's most notorious risk takers, trailblazers, and enemies of the status quo. Now, here's your host, Darren K. Roberts. Unstick your life. Hey, that's the motto of Calvin Gladney. He's back for part two of an episode with a tribe called Yes. If you feel like you're in a rut, then this is the interview for you. So listen up and keep saying yes. I think about my experience teaching undergraduates here at UT and you talk about this risk profile. I keep telling them, listen, the farther away that you get from your graduation date, the more difficult it will become to take the gambles that you think you want to take right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. So you talk about debt load, you talk about factoring in um, partners. Um, not that not that it's not a good life to have family and kids and mortgages and car Watch notes now, and all that good stuff. I think about that. I was like, Hillary, uh, close your ears here. Not that it's not a good thing, but there are more considerations, more boxes to check off. Whereas, hey, when you all cross that stage as an undergrad, I mean, you're going to have some debt from uh from school but one thing we do know is that your responsibilities just will get larger as you continue to live so doing and taking those risks early you know do you advise students to do that earlier rather than later or kind of what what are your thoughts on timing no i i actually think there's a balance to it right because i think you should take skills risks early on Hmm. so that take risks and put yourself in an environment where you're a little bit of fish out of water where you're learning things that are different, you're pushing yourself. And then I would say, because right now there's this whole mantra of like, everybody can be in a startup and I'll be in the next Facebook. So let me try this crazy thing and be in this business. And that's great. But I think for most folks as undergrads, the bigger thing you need to do is take a risk on what kind of skills, what kind of work environment you're in. And, you know, frankly, location too. like get yourself out of your comfort zone as much as possible. Um, And then you can start piecing together kind of what you want to do. But it's really like gather as many different skills that you can gather when you're younger, because then as you really figure out what you want to do and what you're passionate about and what you're strong in, then you can start to put the puzzle together and really understand what you really should do. Whatever you do out of college is almost certainly now not going to be the thing that you do for your entire life. And frankly, it probably won't be the thing you do for three more years after that. Yes, yes. Which this is this brings me to as I'm coaching up some of these undergrads, the selection of a major. All right, Calvin, Mm -hmm. you know, I I do believe I'm just going to these are my personal beliefs. I think the educational system, you know, we've really done a disservice to generations of young folks where we are, you know, waking them up in the middle of the night and said, "Okay, the 180 days have passed. You must select your major. Who knows what the hell that means anyway? I tell students, find a way to get into some classes where you're going to have to write and get great feedback on your writing and speak, like hone your communication skills and then everything else will sort of figure itself out. What are your thoughts on this whole major selection and course of study? Well, you know, the other day I was doing a couple of calculus problems and I was thinking to my, see, that's the problem, right? We are learning all of this stuff that has no future applicability, right? 
and we're forcing people to learn this stuff. So we're matter of fact, I did a a, a a presentation in front of the basically deans of law schools last summer, and my my talk, and you know, I got no shame in my game. The title of my presentation was "You Guys Are Committing Malpractice," <laughs> because we're not teaching, like you said. I think it's you know, it used to be reading, writing, and arithmetic, um, and frankly, I think it's 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 reading just because I think reading is a is a way that you learn so much. And, you know, for me, growing up as a poor kid in Brooklyn, I sort of read my way out of the, the housing projects in Brooklyn, frankly. Hmm. Um, so I still believe reading as a fundamental thing. Now, even that's changed, right? Maybe it's not in a book. Maybe you're you're reading on your iPad. Maybe you're reading on your mobile phone, whatever it is. But I still think reading, absolutely writing, but also speaking um, and having a gift of gab and, you know, one little sidebar that I think people get caught up in is the difference between being extroverted and introverted and people feeling like, well, well, I can only be a good speaker if I'm really extroverted and sort of loud and funny. But, you know, being a good speaker has nothing to do with whether you're this big personality or not. Um, and so I definitely think it's something. And so I got lucky when I went to undergrad, I picked a major really just randomly but the it, it actually i picked it for the right reason so my major just to give you a sense of how random it was was industrial and labor relations what? and so exactly right it's like <laughs> huh um and so a lot of people go into human resources a lot of people go into you know collective bargaining kind of labor and unions they go into management kind of jobs of course i did none of that um <laughs> But a lot of people also went to law school because the core skills that you had to learn um, to be successful in this undergraduate major, there was a ton of reading. Matter of fact, industrial and labor relations, that, the name of the school was the School of Industrial and Labor Relations, ILR. And people used to call it, I love reading. Because <laughs> all you had to do, all you did was read and write. And so for me, it, it really gave me that core baseline of reading. And, you know, it's not just reading, it's reading and digesting and being able to interpret and being able to then use what you've read. Um, and, you know, just a baseline of how to write and communicate and then frankly being able to speak. And mm -hmm. so I think those, I think it's not as important what the major is, but whether you're getting this reading, writing and speaking ability. And then the final thing, and this is one that I sort of didn't do as well, that I made myself through a la carte classes pick up over time, is a baseline of financial acumen. Hmm. And I think in this day and age, financial and basic business, um, if you don't know kind of basic accounting, basic how a business works, things about money, personal finance, you're going to be at such a disadvantage. And, and a lot of our college students pretty much come out of college with a lot of knowledge in a particular topic. But almost as you said, they come out not being able to write particularly well. They come out not being able to speak. They have public, public presentation terror. Um, and then frankly, a ton of them come out with no business acumen and no basic understanding of finance. So I would say it's not as much 
the exact major, but can you get those core skill sets of reading, writing, speaking, and some basic understanding of finance and business? You know, with, with that last point on the financial literacy, I think about a class that I teach where we we spend a month delving into financial management. And I've got some guys and gals every semester who are in the business school here, the Macomb School of Business has one of the top undergraduate programs in the country. You know, they could balance the books for a small company. Okay. They've right. had all the high level accounting. They cannot generate what their interest payment would be on a credit card. <laughs> right. And, right. And you're sitting there and going, wow. But then you go through the process and, you know, and I was really, I had to kind of kick myself because I thought, well, these kids from affluent homes would have more of a foundation. No, I mean, the, the the kids from the south side of Dallas, the kids from Highland Park in Dallas come in on the same footing because the parents, the schools, no one in their immediate network has taken the time to teach these skills. And, I, I'm, you know, my theory is, Calvin, that with this standardized testing, everyone just wants to teach you which answer to bubble right. or circle Game and get you out of there. That's it. That's yep. it. Yeah. He said bubbling and circling. That's <laughs> Bubble. all they learned. <laughs> That's it. You know, and I'll, I'll throw in two, and I love to recommend sort of books and podcasts. I would say, you know, whether you're an undergrad or not, um, read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Rich Dad, I mean, Poor it's Dad. It's a must read. Um, and also, I would either read her books or even watch her show, Susie Orman. Yes. Um, and Susie spelled S-U-Z-E, by the way. Um, but those two, I mean, she's really just giving you, giving you the business and just <laughs> in terms of personal finance. And Rich Dad, Poor Dad will open your eyes up to just some basic ways of financial literacy and thinking about things that I thought were, were critical to me. And that was one of the ways I sort of read my way into at least understanding these things better. So. Nice. All right. Hey, we're getting down, man. This has been some you you really sprinkled some great content into our ear canals today. <laughs> I want to we're going to move to this fourth and one phase where a couple of rapid fire questions. But I would like for you to recommend a few podcasts that you listen to on a regular basis. Um, and then also, like you said, some of those some of those books, any other books that you would recommend to the tribe? Gotcha. Oh, my gosh. I have so many podcasts, you know, although, you know, now I'm, I have this new podcast called the tribe call. Yes. that I've been just, you know, I've been binge listening. So, you know, I'm, I'm going hard on that one. So got to recommend that one. Love it. Uh, so that's awesome. But you know, one of the, one of the ones I listen to most often actually is this woman from Wisconsin, Wisconsin, and it's called uh, she's building her empire. Hmm. And basically, she talks about all of the things you need to think about to be a small entrepreneur. Hmm. Uh, and she's pretty interesting. Another one, which is actually kind of fun that I think people are like, is actually called The Fizzle Show. Yes. I don't know if you've heard, heard of The Fizzle it. Show. Yes. Uh, and those guys, first of all, it's, you know, it's like a joint podcast. So there's really three of them. And so you get a lot of different voices. They're, they're kind of fun. Um, and so I, I listen to the, to the fizzle show all the time. Um, another one actually that really ties to your, the idea of your podcast, uh, is called the pivot podcast. I don't know if you've, you've no. heard of her. Hmm. Um, uh, her name is Jenny Blake. 
Um, but it's called the Pivot Podcast, and she she basically says since change is is a constant, then you know you really need to understand how to deal with change all the time. Um, and she hers is longer, so I tend to listen to hers on the weekends. So she'll do these like hour long, hour and fifteen interviews where she really dives in deep. So I, I really like uh, I really like that one. It's sort of a different one in the sense of it's not always just tactics, tactics, tactics. You have these sort of longer form interviews where you get this sort of deeper dive and inspirations on kind of how to think about these things. So those are those are a couple of podcasts just right off right off the bat. Oh, and I should I should say, by the way, by Labor Day of 2017, there'll be another new podcast called the Happier Better Lawyer Podcast. Nice. Will, will be. I mean, I've been inspired watching you in the distance, so I'm like, I gotta catch up with this brother. So. Man, no, 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 listen, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to say that you are older, a little older than I am, and you know, <laughs> watching your trek from Harvard Law School to you know, big time law firm to government work to real estate, I mean, to teaching and to academic work and then to inspiring, you know, thousands and millions, man, across the world. It's been it's been incredible for me to watch that and motivating for me as I as I attempt to do some small part of what you've already accomplished. Oh, man. Oh, man. You say all the right. things. (laughs) Okay, listen, here we go. We want to know. Tribe wants to know. If you have fourth and one, this is crunch time. You got to get it in there. So if you had one last tweet to send out to humanity, 140 characters, and this is it. This is Calvin Gladney signing out. What would that tweet say? Oh, boy. (laughs) What would the final tweet say? You know, it's actually interesting because you have a real life example of this, unfortunately, which is the last tweet of Charlie Murphy, Eddie Murphy's brother, who just passed mm. uh, a couple of days ago. Um, he sent out a last tweet. Um, so people can go look that up and see what he said. Um, uh, that is a unique question. I've never been asked that question. Um, I would say my last tweet, the first thing that came to mind, which is the thing I'll say, is it would say just two words, and it would be, do you. Hmm. Do you? And, you know, and, I, and the reason why that came to mind is I think about now what I'm trying to do and the things that both I feel like I'm strong at, the things that I'm passionate about, and the things that I've been most successful in. And they've all revolved around things that people, when you're a kid, and sort of generally speaking, try to tell you not to do. Hmm. I'm freaking loud. I like to crack jokes. I like to talk a lot. And I like to write. And some people will say, they're like, well, you, you can't go into writing because I was literally a creative writing major in junior high school. And that got beat out of me that, whoa, you can't like create writing. Like, what is that going to translate into? You really need to do something, you know, more tangible and something that's going to get you a definitive job on the other side. And, you know, frankly, I had those pressures myself just growing up poor. So I'm like, I don't really, I don't see a path to getting out of the projects on creative writing. So I need to do something technical and tangible. Mm. But, you know, the more I do the things I'm doing now, I truly believe that if you're going to carve out a unique path and frankly, a unique impact on the world, you really need to think about what are those things that are actually core you. Mm. Um, and you know, the, one of the ways to think about that, if someone's like, well, I don't know, like, how do I even think about this? Like, 
You ever you ever feel like that moment when you say, "Man, I'm in the zone." Yes. And you know what those moments are where you you look up and three hours have passed, or you look up and people are like, "Man, you just crushed that." Um, and you know, I call it piece of cake moments, where piece of cake moments where people are like, "Man, you just went up on stage." And you just spoke in front of a hundred people. Matter of fact, this happened to me on Urban Land Institute. So I'm a trustee and I walk into this meeting and someone says, Hey, well, I'm looking forward to seeing you on the panel in about an hour. And I'm like, the panel. And literally they were like, we, kn-, and I was like, I didn't know anything about it. I had missed the emails. And so in an hour I was on a panel ad-libbing about the the impacts of uh, autonomous vehicles on the future of real estate, of which I knew nothing before that panel. <laughs> Something tells me and, you figured it out. And I figured it out because one of my superpowers is the ability to speak and articulate and sort of ad-lib. And, you know, you have to like roll into that and know that Whatever it is that when you're in the zone, it could be whatever the thing is, that there is a tangible way. There is a path to turn that into a career and to turn that into something where you can impact the world. And as a matter of fact, the the power of the Internet and mobile technology allows you to do that. Love it. Here we got one for you. What is the title of the book that you have not written? Uh, Entrepreneurship for the Frustrated Professional. Who? Nice. Okay, here we go. This is the last one. If you could create a course that every college student on the planet had to take, this is a mandatory course for all seven continents. What would be the title of that course? Mandatory course for everybody on the planet. Mm -hmm. Every college student on the planet. Every college student on the planet. You know, it would be a financial literacy course Hmm. because what happens is irrespect if you figure it out, you do you and you're successful. The biggest thing that catches up with people and this caught up with me, frankly, in my various businesses. And and, you know, I've been trying to fail my way up the steps all this time (laughs) um, is not having that core baseline of financial literacy to buttress my successes and to limit my failures. Hmm. And if I had gotten that earlier, I'd be so much farther along right now. Calvin, love it, man. Calvin, thank you for visiting the tribe. Tell us where we can find you on the World Wide Web, out in social media land. Where can folks get connected with you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we we out there. So it's all happierbetterlawyer.com. Hit me on that happierbetterlawyer slash contact. Shoot me an email. Um, Let me know. Subscribe to the blog. I'm on Twitter and on Instagram at at happier underscore better. Again, that's at happier underscore better. So that's the same handle for Twitter. That's on Instagram. I'm doing that Instagram live. Um, And also happierbetterlawyer. You can find that on Facebook at, at, at at slash happier, better lawyer. And one of these days I'm going to be like you and do a little bit more of that Facebook live. So I've been, I've been peeping your game on that. So, you know, I'm, I did the Instagram live last week. Um, we, we just opened up a new building. And so I, I did a little bit of that. So 
But yeah, uh, happier underscore better is uh, Twitter and Instagram. That's the easiest way you can keep up with me in real time uh, when we're making moves and, and trying to make things happen. Absolutely. For all you folks out there who are going to be hiring speakers, I've heard Calvin speak. And if you want someone to get your crowd going, to give them some actionable items and steps to take, then definitely, definitely consider Mr. Gladney as your keynote speaker Mm -hmm. as well. And the last thing I'm going to include is this. You know, you mentioned Charlie Murphy and, and last tweets, and I just happened to look it up. And this was the last tweet of Charlie Murphy, which I think really flows well into the conversation we had today. One to sleep on. Release the past to rest as deeply as possible. That was Charlie Murphy, folks, last tweet. So, hey, Tribe, continue to go out there, chase your dreams, strategize each day, be grateful, smile, hug somebody, and again, show your thanks to Mr. Calvin Gladney for coming on to the Tribe. Thanks, Calvin. Appreciate you, bro. All righty. Take it easy. Take it easy. Thank you for listening to A Tribe Called Yes. For more information, you can visit us at atribecalledyes.com and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. And don't forget, keep saying yes. Yes.